You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Bitson. And I'm Teresa Curley. And it's just been a wonderful morning. What a great conversation with Nathan and all the great work that's going up. And in the Newman Centers across our listening area, it's just a really huge light, you know, in the darkness out there. So, and thank you listeners who support your local Newman Centers. Um, it's just an important ministry. It really is. And I just loved how Nathan talked about um, how the Newman Center ministry shows you what it means to be a flourishing human. So important, and so many different aspects to that. It is, it is. You know, my husband's done a lot of research in that aspect with a colleague of his, and, um, you know, it, it, it's pretty concerning, you know, some of mm-hmm. the answers from college surveys that they do nationwide. And, and so what's the number one way to address that concern? It really is through faith. It really is. And I think it's also through the witness of community. Uh, just so many pursuing Christ and um, for college students while they're in a particular walk of life. But uh, when the larger Catholic community can join in on that and be a witness, I, I think there's just so much fruit to come from that. Uh, absolutely. You know, our next guest, we're, I'm really excited about, uh, she does... Um, have a show once a week. Uh, a guest she is uh, once a week on Sunrise Morning Show, and she talks about biblical herbs and spices and vegetables and ways to preserve them. And for me, I, I couldn't be more excited because last night I stayed up till midnight canning 32 <laughs> pints of uh, barbecue sauce. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Welcome, Rita. Uh, so nice to have you join us. Well, thank you. Thank you. Gosh, I'm uh, far away from Fargo. I'm in Batavia, Ohio, and we are east of Cincinnati. So it's so nice to talk to you. Oh, well, welcome. Uh, You know, my husband found out that you're going to be on today, and he was so excited. He said, make sure to let Rita know that I made her chocolate zucchini cake. (laughs) (laughs) That is wonderful. Tell him thank you. I always appreciate when um, my recipes work for everyone else. That's my goal. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, he, he did say that that pickle recipe we have to try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's supposed to be like Clausen's listeners, so um, we're just so grateful to have you join us. And, and, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, Rita. Well, let's see. I grew up here in Cincinnati in a big Lebanese family, Catholic family, and I grew up in a suburban area, and our homes were very close to each other, like right next. And um, so there were 11 of us, and um, our house, I did not know this till much later, was less than a 1,000 square feet. But that didn't matter. There always seemed to be plenty of room for us and our cousins and friends and family. So we grew up with, I guess, what you'd call the, the Mediterranean diet, um, but we didn't call it that. We just called it supper. So um, we ate seasonably like a lot of folks are doing now. And um, when my mom would cook food, she would give us some references to, about her ancestors in the Bible, like where they were mentioned and why we're eating them and why it's important. So we learned from an early age that um, God's good earth certainly does provide. 
Uh, you know, it, it's it's so important, you know, and I think, you know, supply chain issues, they aren't the greatest thing. You know, a lot of us uh, find some discomfort maybe in that, but what's really cool about it all is we're starting to focus a little bit more on where our food comes from mm. and the importance of eating healthier, um, you know, and local, uh, and, and if it even encourages a backyard garden, well, praise God, you know, that's really cool too. Um, so talk about how there were many gardeners in the Bible. Who was oh. the first gardener? Well, think about Adam and Eve. I think he must have been the first gardener. Now, none of us were there, of course, but when you think of uh, the passage in Genesis in chapter 2, it says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till and to keep it. Mm -hmm. So um, when Adam and Eve lived in the Garden before they were banished, I have to think that the Garden of Eden is a garden, and so certainly they probably grew whatever they needed to eat, don't you think? Because they certainly didn't have a Kroger down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just love this idea about how gardening and uh, letting the earth, like reaping the harvest from the earth is a biblical concept. It's not, it's not something that, you know, is new or whatever. It's what Adam was doing. Um, so, Rita, can you tell us about Isaiah in chapter 17, verses 10 through 11? Oh, yeah. Um, this is an interesting passage, um, and it, it sounds to me, and I'd like your take on this, too, it sounds to me like Isaiah was pretty skilled in gardening, um, and I always think that there's a Bible message in there, too. Um, and the passage goes, uh, for you have forgotten the God of your salvation and failed to remember the rock of your refuge. In other words, they were cultivating beautiful plots of, of gardens and taking cuttings and making magnificent plants and exotic vines. But what they were forgetting, just like I think sometimes we too today, we get so caught up in our lives trying to make a living, um, you know, just get through a day that sometimes we forget why we're here and that dependence upon God is our salvation. So, yes, we need to do all the things, like if, if you grow your own herbs and veggies, and we have to eat, certainly, but let's not get so caught up in, in the way of life that we forget why we're here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is so important because, you know, all the gifts that God has given us to nurture us He wants us to use to give glory to Him. And how do we best give glory to God? It's, you know, in caring for our families. It's in caring for our neighbor. It's, you know, really sharing our talents to help encourage others, right? Oh, yeah. And when um, you think of that zucchini bread, the chocolate zucchini bread or cake, whatever you call it, Um, A great point you just made about sharing, because when you grow veggies, and by the way, my mom used to say, you can garden in a teacup. You don't need the plow on the lower 40, uh, which is so true with container gardening. Anyway, when you grow um, your own veggies, your own produce, it seems like there's always an abundance, and that is a wonderful effort to share. It it is. My husband and I, we've had a lot of fun uh, with our garden, but as our kids have grown and it's just us, it's like so much, but yet 
we're having a hard time scaling back. <laughs> and so last night, uh, or yesterday, we decided we were going to make homemade barbecue sauce because he's really into smoking his meats and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I was up till midnight jarring up 32 pints of barbecue sauce. But, oh man, I can't wait to share it with friends. It's so delicious. And we actually do the farmer's market at our parish festival in November. And so we're kind of gearing up to to have our little goodies there. (laughs) My goodness. I think, you know, anything, I always say a gift of the hands is a gift from the heart. I wish I had a jar of that barbecue sauce. That's a labor of love, certainly. That's not something quick and easy. But you just made a wonderful point again, too, um, get sharing and then harvesting what we grow. And in this day and age, what you mentioned before, too, um, about the uh, supply chain issue, you know, you can grow your own um, produce and then preserve it in many different ways. And again, as you said, share. But there's a whole lot of, of ways you can dry or uh, preserve your fruits and veggies and herbs so that you have a wonderful supply for winter. And also, when you grow your own um, herbs and veggies, you know, as you said, where they come from. They're local, and you're growing them in your own good soil, so you don't have to worry about any weird things being sprayed on them. So it's wonderful. Plus, it's great exercise. Oh, it is. It's, um, you know, there's four things that I love in this world to do, and it's gardening, fishing, cooking, Hmm. Well, I better put praying in there, but <laughs> five. <laughs> I think that's a given. <laughs> yeah, but it and, and woodworking. I mean, that really. I just I love that, and and there is so much biblical reference in it, and I think that's why I find so much joy in it. You know, and and I'm just so grateful that you're on with us this morning to to share your joy, and you know, tell us. How about Solomon? Uh, I'm I'm just thinking of people in the Bible. I love this reference to the Bible. Uh, What about Solomon? Oh, well, when we think of Solomon, King Solomon, yes, he was a plant lover, but um, he didn't have to get in there and dig in the dirt. He had gardeners to do his work. (laughs) And I think most of us today don't have a gardener. But um, he grew many different kinds of produce and herbs and vegetables and fruits. It was important to him. So he not only fed his uh, staff, but also the folks in, in the kingdom. And again, um, just mentioning this again, um, what, I'm sorry? Oh, we'll go on break in a couple oh, minutes, but okay. no, please continue with our, our King Solomon. Oh, okay. So um, he had huge gardens, and they were just beautiful. And again, um, he it's funny, people ate seasonably back then. And when they pre- made, um, when they grew anything to preserve, it was usually by drying or put in vinegar or salt, um, and not freezing, certainly. But there were ways to preserve. And now we have it so much easier. I think of Solomon. I wish he was my neighbor, um, and, and he could share some of his wonderful, uh, his abundance. But there's a lot of ways we can uh, grow and then, again, preserve um, our good abundance from God's good earth. Rita, this is probably a big question, and we only have one minute till break, but uh, what are some of your favorite ways to preserve herbs? Well, first of all, drying. The old-fashioned way is so easy. You just uh, strip an inch from the bottom of the stems, 
And you can hang them upside down in clusters. It's just away from bright light because that's going to fade the color. Um, and you put them upside down because think of this. Nutrition and flavor start in the root and travel up the stems and leaves and the flowers and the seeds. So you can secure them with a rubber band or string. Um, let them dry and then just harvest them and, and keep them in your pantry for a good year. Yeah, it, it's amazing herbs too. Um, they can grow like weeds, <laughs> and and it is. It's it's really beautiful the abundance that herbs and the pack of flavor that comes out in your your dishes from fresh herbs are just amazing. And dried herbs aren't. Uh, too much different. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but I'd love to talk more about uh, herbs and uh, so forth on the other side of the break with you, Rita. So you've been with us on Real Presence Radio, Real Presence Live, and we're going to take a quick break and talk more with Rita Heikenfeld on the way back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. It's no secret that parents and students alike love the University of Mary, the nation's most affordable, serious Catholic university. The Mary community provides students with a home away from home, one that is grounded in the rich vibrancy of the church. With nearly 60 degree programs, 18 NCAA Division II athletic teams, and a thriving university ministry program, there's something for everyone. Find your place at Mary. Visit cometomary.life. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Janine Bitson. And before the break, we are speaking with Rita Heikenfeld about biblical herbs and spices and ways to preserve them. And Rita, right before break, I was asking you about some of your favorite ways to preserve herbs. But I'm also curious, 
Do you have any biblical recipes to offer to our listeners as they begin the harvest? Oh, my goodness. That is a loaded question. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, I do. And one of the things that you can do um, is make what I call herb paste, P-A-S-T-E-S. And what this is, is you can make a paste of the herbs with a bit of water um, or oil and just pulsing that in the food processor, pour them into ice cube trays and freeze. Or you could certainly do it in a mortar and pestle, pestle, um, pestle excuse me, by hand. And one of the best is what I call, um, it's like a, a freezer paste for basil. And basil, I think if you start to grow herbs, it's one of the first herbs everyone grows. And it has some iron and potassium. And basil isn't mentioned specifically in the Bible, but... There's a a wonderful legend that basil was first found growing outside of Christ's tomb when he resurrected. Mm. And I have to think, being Middle Eastern and having what we call hobbit, we call basil, hobbit, and mint, nana, um, for eons, those two um, herbs that it would have, those would have certainly been grown during Bible days. Now, we know mint was because... Mint was one of the tithing herbs, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, too bad we can't use that like that now since mint is so abundant. But anyway, you could certainly make an herb paste uh, with basil and mint, and what happens is it turns dark, but the nutrients are still there, and then you can use them in cooked dishes. You can make um, herbal salt with some wonderful sea salt, and when you think of sea salt, wasn't that... um, something that was quite commonly used as seasoning and as a preservative back in Bible days because they had so much salt. And now it's trendy to use sea salt. It's interesting what um, the history of some of the most healthy herbs and spices that we have have biblical roots. So you can um, just take some sea salt, and I'll be glad to um, give you the specific recipes, too, with some parsley, Um, some oregano, and um, if you want some rosemary and basil and thyme. And you can just, again, process that in the food processor by hand with maybe a little bit of lemon zest. And then you just pour that onto a baking sheet and you let it dry um, either in the oven or on, on the counter for a few hours. And then you just put that in sealed containers, and that is better than any uh, gourmet salt that you can buy. And um, thyme, I know that when you think of thyme, thyme still grows wild in the hills um, of the Middle East and Jerusalem. So that is a wonderful Bible herb as, as well to use. And it's like a medicine chest in a plant. It's just so good for you. Anything upper respiratory, um, thyme and sage tea is good for you. So not only delicious and nutritious, but there's always... Uh, I think, a medical benefit from using some of these Bible herbs and spices. And, you know, it's it's something that, for a listener who hasn't done this, it sounds maybe daunting, but mm-hmm. herbs are really, really pretty easy to grow, with the exception of some starting from seed, lavender and rosemary. Mm-hmm. takes a while, but if you just get a plant, then they're pretty easy to to. um 
you know, keep growing. Uh, but yeah, basil from seed, it's just like I have basil plants that come from seed from the fall, the year before where I've just let some seeds and then they germinate. And um, I, I kind of have a garden where it's live and let live because I know what they look like when they just pop out, you know, and get their first true leaves. And then my husband's like, just till that row. And I'm like, no, this is this. <laughs> oh, you're so like me. I know. It's just... Um... As long as it's green, I let it grow, unless it's something that we certainly can't eat. But, yeah, and that's the beauty um, of growing herbs or, or produce, too. You don't have to be so fussy. It's not a commercial. Um, you're not growing commercially. You're growing for yourself, your family, and friends. So, um, And I sort of think an unruly garden, to me, is is a lovely garden. Oh, thank you for saying that because mine is pretty unruly right now. <laughs> no, I, I have tomatillos that I can't seem to part with, and they become little plants to four foot tall. But uh, it's just so much fun making things with tomatillos as well. Um, they they're really a pretty incredible fruit uh, to to raise. And they all volunteer, so that's glorious, too. <laughs> well, you know, I would like to um, know more about how you share your garden with your family. Uh, it really, my garden is surrounded with my family, and I give to friends, and, and we make things for church. But um, tell, tell our listeners about the joy of gardening for your family. Well, first of all, um, we live outside of Batavia, Ohio. I call it a little patch of heaven. And we live, our, our um, land borders the east fork of the Little Miami River. So it's sort of primitive, but it's not far, far out. And in the spring, um, I have my kids and grandkids and even some of the little kids down the road. We um, get the garden tilled, and then I give them a plot if they each want one, a row or two. And they have their own hose, and um, they'll plant corn and squash and pumpkins, um, tomatoes, just about anything. And especially the little ones love to plant flowers. And um, when you think of some of the flowers that are mentioned, you know, that have biblical significance, certainly. Okay, um, think of roses. I mean, we don't certainly do those from seeds, but um, roses are wonderful, a wonderful uh, flower for the little ones to grow, even in a pot, because um, the petal is edible, and um, it's so fun for them just to pluck the the petals off and add it to maybe a salad Mm -hmm. or some vinegar, and they get a new way of eating and a a more nutritional way of eating, too. So I just let them plant whatever they like, and honestly, their rows are not straight. We talked about an unruly garden, but... um, they tend to it, and as you said, when they harvest, whether it's a squash, pumpkin, an ear of corn, um, some basil, they really understand what God's good earth is giving us. Plus, when you grow yourself, as I mentioned before, you get all the goodness, and especially herbs, because if you buy herbs dry in the store, what happens is they're, I think they have to be, I think, at least a year or two old, because it takes a season to grow, takes time uh, for them to dry and process and then get it to the stores, and it's expensive. But you can, like you said, your basil grows crazy. You can dry that. You can freeze it. You can put some in vinegars. And um, 
again, thinking of vinegars with our, our produce, vinegar was a common um, drink, actually, in condiment and Bible days. And um, I have to think that theirs had to be made from, like, when you think of wine vinegar, red wine vinegar, I don't know that they would have had the green vinegar, maybe apple cider, but vinegar nonetheless. And um, vinegar, if you just put a few sprigs of, say, dill in vinegar, and dill was among, I believe, one of the tithing herbs, and it's full of calcium. Let the little ones do that and maybe put some sprigs of parsley in there and let that infuse on the counter. So easy. Um, in about a week, they're going to have wonderful flavored vinegar that you can then use in your salads and, and in other places. So making use, especially during this time of harvest, um, with the little ones, I think is important. And that way, they become confident and um, much more independent, don't you think? Absolutely. I know my dad, we had a big garden growing up and sometimes would raise some animals. And he always wanted us to understand where our food came from and also Mm -hmm. to appreciate the hard work that other people put in to grow our food for us. And so that was really when I got connected more to the soil and the memories and everything are so important. So to pass that on to your kids and grandkids, um, you know, your kids might not like weeding at the time, but I think when they grow up, they're going to be like, I'm really glad I learned how to do this. Um, So it is, there's just so much beauty and goodness from God in a garden, and and uh, I'm so grateful that you joined us. And for our listeners, um, Rita, she is a guest once a week on the Sunrise Morning Show. And if you're a regular listener in the morning, um, it'd be a great way to hear more from Rita and uh, her stories. But also, Rita, tell us how our listeners can reach you outside of listening to you on Real Presence Radio. Well, I have a very simple website. I'm very low-tech, so it's not a a huge website. It's called abouteating.com, and um, I love uh, to connect with uh, folks that way. You can also, if you just Google my name, Rita Heikenfeld, everything but my underwear size comes up, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, easy ways to get a hold of me, and I write a syndicated column for the Enquire Gannett newspapers, and I think that's um, starting to fork out uh, nationally, from what I understand. So, lots of ways to get a hold of me, and thank you both for um, inviting me on. And thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, and I'm looking forward to reading more about your recipes and trying them out in my very own kitchen. So, we'll be right back on the other side of the break. Uh, We will have a little bit of uh, talking about Mary. Actually, a lot of it, right, Teresa? There's so much we can say. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll be back talking about our wonderful mother, Mary, on the other side of the break. 